0: Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me, to I guess feel good about myself and and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Do you ever talk yourself out of going for a run? Do you ever find yourself on a run where your body is there, but your head doesn't want any part of it whatsoever? Have you ever found yourself? with runners block where you know you should go for a run but you just can't bring yourself to do it for weeks on end if so you're definitely not alone 95 percent of all runners describe having some form of difficulty with the mental side of running and the other five percent are liars (laughs) today (laughs) on irishman running abroad we are going to talk mindset with one of irish sports mentality kingpins the walking genius that is five-time olympian world champion and olympic medalist rob heffernan he's going to talk to me about the head game that impacts every level of this sport where is sonia o'sullivan you might ask sonia has taken a well-earned break in arkansas after watching her daughter sophie run out of her skin at the ncaa national cross-country championships this weekend she will be back with all the tales from that trip next week but rob it is so great to have you here man
1: Hey Charlie, good fight, great to see you here.
0: Fantastic, we're
1: chasing a good moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Look, uh, I was sad that Sonia couldn't come on, but I was delighted that you could <laughs> jump in. Uh, I mean, you know, you know her better than anyone, and we've talked to her about. Uh, mentality a bunch of times and I thought it'd be great to get your side of things because of course you know you weren't running you were doing something which involved some would say more mental strength than running because the whole time you're kind of resisting the urge to do what your body wants to do.
1: Yeah, uh, well well, no Jared since obviously since I retired I tried to have a stable diet for me um, I tried to run 50 k with Right, and it's nearly like it's nearly like my, it's nearly like my Prozac. you know. If I get out and if I can run ten k five days a week, I know I've I've really good balance in my life and I feel really good. I feel really happy. But but because I'm so busy the past couple of months, that hasn't been the case, and it can get really really frustrating.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, just with the schedule, which is again a thing that comes up time and time again with listeners. who go, how do you how do a schedule? it in so it's heartening to hear that you're having that difficulty if people don't know rob is of course working the morning shift on red fm which must have been a massive adjustment for your life
1: oh it was huge it was um it was very very stressful you know and i, I as you know i, I was on to you at the start for tapes i found myself in in a very vulnerable and open space um more so even sport to some degree because you're on live every day for three hours and mm-hmm. there's nowhere to hide nowhere to hide you know yeah there's nowhere at all to hide so um, and i found the first thing like and i still work i still work in bank of ireland as well as a youth advisor so yeah i, I have 42 schools in cork so I, we do like a business uh startup academy i do financial literacy talks for kids cv and interview skills for kids and so we do a lot of kind of real like financial stuff for them to make them make right. them more financially aware. So I'm going into another full time job after the radio,
0: oh and my then God.
1: and I and I found I found coming off the radio like you know like having a race or it's like being in stage, you're absolutely wrecked, afterwards. drained. You
0: know, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, so um, the, like like you say that that level of fatigue, it's hard for to kind of describe that because it owns. All of your attention, all of your headspace—you know the way in most jobs <laughs> there could be a part of the day where you yeah. coast along a little, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no room for that when you're on air. It's no. just—it's just the gaze, the laser of focus, always there, all the time. And any mistake that you make, you hear about it from the audience. Right? How hard was that side of things with you know people texting in going,
1: "What are you talking about, mate?" Oh, it was, it was the toughest, Jared. Char- like when I started and obviously I had all of my experiences in, in athletics, you know, going through, where everybody can have the narrative of why they should fail. And it's so easy to build a story around that narrative. So I, I had that in my athletics, obviously, overcame a lot of stuff and went on to have a lot of success. But then I, I had it in Dancing with the Stars. It was like, oh, you're going to make an idiot out of yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to make a complete fool out of yourself. You can't dance. And you could talk yourself into a frenzy, but got through that. After that, I I started working in Bank of Ireland and it was like going, no, you weren't academic in school. You're going to be sung out. This is it. No, it's the end of the road for you. And I did really well in the exams then. I went back to do them. But the radio then, it was like going, no, you can't hide. Every day, Mm -hmm. every day. It's different to dancing with the stars. That was once a week. No, every day you're going to be found. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so so tough, and then you'd make a mistake, you're so vulnerable, and, and I think I came to a point with it, Um, my, one of my best friends passed away, Ray Flynn, up in Sligo, and I was in the job a couple of months, and I went up to Ray's funeral, and he was such crack, he was like, he was my best friend, he was a groomsman at my wedding, obviously my brother was my best man, but if it wasn't my brother, it would have been Ray, mm. Ray was 69, and he was at all my Olympic Games at me, and I came back from that, and I said, do you know what, if I'm going to be let go, I'm not going to be let go being this syrupy, ultra nice version of myself, trying to be correct. I'm just going to be myself and what's going to be is going to be and it's done me, it's done me OK up to this and And then I kind of relaxed into it, you know, clearly yeah. being in your head running, but you know, just get out and do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. And look, this is, look, I didn't expect this is where the conversation would go right away, but I had it in my head that this is something that we'd need to talk about, because in all of those other things that you mentioned and for people listening, they can go, well, if I'm in my job and I work these hours, things will improve. If I'm running these times, if I get to the track, things will improve. When it comes to entertainment and radio DJing, they're kind of asking you to put a kind of an undiluted, diluted version of yourself out there. Someone has said, Rob Heffernan's great crack. People enjoy his company. Now, can you do that on cue every single morning, regardless of how you feel or what's going on in your private life? It's a hell of an ask. But also, how do you try and improve? Like, where's the track for the radio DJ?
1: Do you know what, Gerard, when you bring it in, and obviously I know you're good friends with Laura O'Mahony as well. She's a comedian. Yeah. And that, that environment and your mindset and the people who you're around, and it's the exact same in running, when you're running, having them keeping around you. Like, I I have to get up in the morning. So there's one rule when we go in. You're not, I can never, ever say to Laura that I'm tired because that's, that's the it, rule. the conversation. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So there's a, So when you get up in the morning... you. You, you can't have a choice to think negatively. You have to be in good form. So in a lot of ways, if you do stay in a good mindset, or if you are, same in the case, if you have a training plan, or if you commit to meet somebody, or if you commit to get out, don't let the other things into your head. Just do it and just be that version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then um, I go in and I actually, I, I love going in in the morning because I have to get up out of bed. You have to be in good form because you don't want to drag the people you're working with down. We're in the same boat. They don't give out. Ciarán, nor are brilliant. They're not giving out. So I can't give out. So then organically, you're just in an environment yeah, yeah. where you have to be positive.
0: What a breakthrough and what, what a breakthrough, but also what a, what a kind of piece of knowledge that applies across all sports endeavours. When people talk about teams and so many times on this show, we've talked about this may appear to be a solitary endeavour running people out on the road on their own, but yeah. in fact, the community is where it's at now. I know exactly what you mean in terms of Laura because I find myself watching Laura's Instagram. Uh, Laura Matney is on Instagram. You can find her there, and you'll you'll get what I'm about to say right away. In terms of establishing good vibes and yeah. embracing who you are and being fine with that this is what I think is funny and that's that I don't have to apologise for it it's my funny and that as you say is what's engineered this great morning show that you guys now have when you were in athletics who were those people that you were around that were the Laurel Mannies of that team
1: my Marion when she started coaching me she was and that's a really good question uh, Jared, because I, I kind of learnt my trade under Robert Corzianoski and I, I was very lucky to be able to see it firsthand of how he applied himself, the environment that he put himself in, the way that he applied himself to his year and the results that he got out of it. So I learned so much from him and his system that I was able to bring it back to my own. But Marion was, she she was my rock when I was training because I'd come back and I'd give out about stuff and I'd moan and I'd be very emotional about things. And Mar would have the kind of common sense to go, Look, Rob, just shut up. Like, do you think at the end of the year, if you don't win a medal or if you don't perform, that people are going to care that Johnny annoyed you or Jimmy annoyed you doing a 15k session in a damp, cold day in January? So, you know, you when you're tired, you, you have to create that positive environment around you. And then the guys who came into my training group when they were good they could have such a positive effect on you so I did try the surround we sent with them people but then on the flip side if it was the wrong fit and somebody came into your team who dragged the humour down or dragged dragged the energy down that can have a very
0: detrimental effect on you as well Wow Wow well look when people talk about this and they say it all the time it's like surround yourself with positive people and you do tend to go oh yeah like I can choose who I'm around but you actually can. Yeah. Uh, you certainly can choose how much they're in your orbit or affecting you. So what you were describing, Rob, is turning the dial, is it, in ter- you you tell me, in terms of yourself, towards uh, not allowing those people to affect you or actually just diverting your focus from those that are having that impact.
1: It, exactly. And don't give them the airtime. And, and, and like when you bring it back to Nora, again, like, and you'll get this because you're on stage. I went to one of her plays in the Everyman the other week and I sent her a message straight afterwards. I'm, I'm gone from the radio, Laura. I says, I'm out of my death. <laughs> 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 they're absolutely brilliant. And, and I said, get to being a sportsman because we can get so much attention for performing, but the artist or the comedian or the work that they put in when they're on stage and it, the pressure can be... So intense as well. And to deliver under that pressure and the preparation that goes into it, I've I've massive, massive respect for it. It doesn't matter if it was the dancing and dancing with the stars or seeing Laura on stage in the Everyman the other week, seeing a different side of her personality, you're like going, Oh my god, this woman is the, she's a genius. She's really impressive." We are 12 you know, minutes in,
0: and this really has been a commercial for Laura O'Mahony. And if anybody <laughs> that's wants that's to that's see that's her, that's uh, she will be supporting me in Liberty Hall on January 6th when I film Jarzilla, my new stand up special. But I do want to talk, Rob, about your latest project because this is as much about mentality as yeah. anything else. Creating your own athletics club, which. You know, we'll come as like, there may be people who perk their ears up right now who are going, Jesus Christ, I didn't know you could do that. That you can just go, I'm going to make my own athletics club. But that's essentially what you said. You said, if I build it, they'll come.
1: Yeah, yeah. And back to what we were on about. So I've seen like the landscape of the athletics in Ireland and I, I've been privileged to being exposed to what I've been exposed to globally and what I've seen, what works and that people are people It doesn't matter where you're co- where you come from, what colour you wear. It doesn't matter. Good people are good people. And I wanted, and athletics has given me that life, the travel. It's given me all of my opportunity. And I wanted to bring it back. Like I'm living in Black Rock in Cork you now. And there's two athletics clubs in the whole city of Cork. You know, in the city, there's Toker and Leaving. And I'm living in Black Rock. And Carl went to school in Douglas, and in them two areas alone, there's over seventy thousand people. Wow! So I kind of said, like, I want to do this, but I want to get the people involved who are really professional, really smart, really driven, who I can have a laugh with, but they know the line. And mm. I assembled a board, and my board is Alan Carroll, who is my manager in Bank of Ireland. Great guy, mad into sport. A massive journey in sales development in his own background. Julie Tobin runs events for Monster Rugby. Diane, if it was a girl, she was project manager in Bank of Ireland, had a really big job. She was mad to get a club up and running. So she's my secretary. I have a guy who I coached years ago. He's a psychologist now. He's on my board. I have another guy who ran with Marion. He's a solicitor. He's on the board. I have a teacher firm a school in court. Um, and the common denominator but they're all normal people who went on to do really good things in their lives and mm. they're fierce crack as well Jared. they're good guys who have a lot of common sense right and there's another guy the head of the union and I'm post another part of um, good professional funny and they came, we came together and we got it up and running We there was a massive amount of opposition towards it initially really? you know yeah, and the thing that I got then right. Being a cork man, oh, I remember the cork jersey in nineteen ninety with the mm-hmm. coat of arms mm-hmm. and the you, chest. Yeah, everyone it's, knows it. It was everyone knows it. And I was like, why hasn't anybody got this done for an athletics club? So that's my athletic thing that it's unbelievable. So and the name of the club is Cork City because I didn't want to isolate it to any area and I wanted the people to have a sense of pride, saying that they were running for Cork and then having the right people Involved in the club the coach the people, and another buddy of mine, Pal Murphy, a really good prank. He was national champion when he was 12, 13, and four twelve 12 and 13, with the best in the country, and went completely off the rails. And now he's coming back. Wow. But he has all of that life experience, so after making him a really good coach. Um, well, and we grew up together
0: yeah yeah sorry to jump in there but I do uh, like you're naming all of the people around you who you were like these people have the right heads the right mi- mindset again comes in that you wanted people of the same frame of mind that this could be done and believe yes. that it needed to be done so again it's the same it's the same exact thing but it relies on members doesn't it it relies on getting you know, the community into it, it. How hard has that been? Because I know there's people that have emailed the show going, how do I convince my kids to get into this sport that I adore? They don't seem to get it the way I do.
1: Well, initially, I, I, I before I move on, my manager, Derry McVay, as well, who I worked with for 12 years, he's on my board and he's a dub. So if I can convince a dub to sign for <laughs> Cork City, I know I can convince anyone to do anything. Um, and he's brilliant. So, but Charlotte, I started off doing athletics in the hall in Cloister Cree Street. And I was exposed to, like, I'd Gaelic football with Nemo up, I ran in school. I was meant to go on the running scholarship um, also when I was younger. I was introduced to race walking. We were introduced to indoor pole vault, introduced to the triple jump indoors. And then during the summer, I, I didn't do it, but we had access to the javelin, um, shot push, the hammer throw where you had all of the big guys doing that. And and my kind of thing was in the community, I'm not going to oppose the GA or the soccer teams. My Cahill and my Megan, their athletics background, have stood to them massively when they've gone on to play football for Ireland. Mm. And I just wanted to kind of introduce athletics to the GAA community, to the soccer community, and let them know if they have that individual mentality to improve themselves athletically, it will 100% improve their game. Yeah, um, of course. And... And then if they'd 16, 17, we go, do you know what? I actually love this. Mm. Like, oh, do I do? And they might make an organic decision that they might want to run right. or they might want to throw or they might want to jump, but they might not necessarily have ever getting the opportunity to try any of these things.
0: So so you think a- one of the best selling points to a kid is to go, well, you might not be into this specifically, but this will enhance your basketball game, your camogie or whatever it is, your currently playing
1: a hundred percent like cahill my cahill is in ac manana at the moment and he was on trials in celtic burnley man united by leverkusen and 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 obviously ac and manana he was in trials there initially and the common denominator with all of them when he went in in trials they tested all of his athletic ability his power his jumping power his speed it's all of his athletic attributes and they have a massive database with athletes or with their soccer players of what they can achieve. So if you look at any ball sports, you know, whether it's rugby, soccer, GA, hurling, the athletic attributes that you need for it now are huge. Mm. So it's an easy selling point in the sense. And, and you know what then, Gerlet, if they don't end up, if they don't end up wanting to be athletes, they're going to have a really healthy respect for athletics and they'll have a love for it because just like the way you found athletics later on in your life, I've known this all my life, <laughs> mm, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's the,
0: the variety. like what I see in your story there of discovering it is the variety that certainly when I was starting out and why I didn't take to it initially was that it was just running around in circles. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. why would we do that? It's also bottomless ground out there. Uh, I yeah. can stay inside, stay clean uh, and keep my, my pristine runners perfect. Whereas if it was, throw this ball as far as you can fling it, swing this hammer yoke and try and get over this pole. Like, is that something that's lacking in Irish athletics? That um, trying to get the understanding that these are track and field events through which all of your athleticism becomes discovered. Like I am, I, I don't know, am I answering my own question or, or is this a thing that you've identified that from the past that's changed today?
1: Yeah, I'm I, I tickling you have to be very careful in the sense, like you have to make it fun. You have to make it fun in the sense, like, but fun. I think fun is getting better and improving. Like I can even remember you breaking twenty minutes for high mm-hmm. and Thanks a home, big in. milestone. <laughs> yeah, but like, there was a big milestone for you, so that's fun. Mm. But it doesn't mean it's easy. Oh, yeah, you know. Whereas if I, if you had to compare yourself, then to say, like, like I walked quite in eighteen fifty, you know. But if you're on your own journey and you're improving yourself, that's fun. And I think I got that. I got that, Charlotte, when I was doing the dancing. It was like going, oh, my God, I'm getting so much enjoyment getting better. Mm. And if that's what's happening to guys like you when you go running, you're getting better. But then if you introduce kids to it and you're going to unearth talent, I think there's a responsibility to help them have the pathway they can go all the way and that you mm. can help them kids, but not exclude the kids who might not have that talent, because it's really important that kids exercise mm. for their physical and mental well-being and just for being happy. It's really good, you know, so we can cater for everyone. But if you if you do recognise talent, that you have the capability to move it on and advise them as well, you know,
0: 100%. So in the last couple of weeks, our episodes have been about injury, returning from injury. Uh, avoiding yep. injury in later life, running over the age of 40. And, you know, mentality and mindset comes into it so much. And I'm realizing that as I go, the darkness that I fell into when I realized I had a, an injury that wasn't yeah. going to be fixed in one week with Vinnie Mulvey. Come on here and has been helping me the whole way. We'll get Vinny back on the show next week as he tries to get me out there and get get me moving again properly. But the, you've been through that, like you've seen the injury side of things. You've also been very open about your own struggles with depression uh, yeah. and you know what that does to you athletically. Yeah. Um, what would your advice be to people who are listening in going, well, I can't get my mindset right while I'm injured, knowing that I'm eight to ten weeks away from being back out there running the way I'd like?
1: Well, well, I've, I've gone through the mill with this stuff. Like, like, I can remember being injured, and the darkness, and the sense of I just uh, being so, so dumb. Where, where can I go with this? And trying to think. I know what the right answer is, but I understand obviously the dark side that you want to stay away from. Like mm. it's uh, it's not good. I remember coming back from the Olympics in Athens and I had hernias there that I didn't know about. And I remember spending a month in my sister's mobile home down in Yaw and I used to go for a pint at night time and I'd go down to the beach afterwards and I'd be in pairs. And, um, and I remember Jamie Costin was in a car crash over in Athens and he stayed down in the mobile home with me for a couple of weeks. And the two of us were completely happy wandering in her own shite and misery, you know, so he <laughs> was probably, oh, I was probably the wrong person for him and he was the wrong person for me, <laughs> oh because we could completely justify how terrible our life was. So we should have stayed away from each other. So you but, you
0: had the hernias and you didn't know you had them. So you were basically, you knew you were injured, but you just didn't know what it was.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just didn't know. And then I was disqualified the next year. But we won't get into that. I could give the right answer, but with my hernias, when I was diagnosed, I think the biggest thing with, a, with an injury, when you find out that you actually are injured and there's a reason why you can't run, mm. one, you need to work back why did you get injured because you shouldn't get injured when you're running. Running is a straight-line motion. There's no impact in it. So the only way you've got injured is that you were over-motivated, you pushed yourself too hard... And your body couldn't adapt to the load. It's very simple. Like, yeah. So any, any little bit of training that you do, you, you're you putting an investment into your body and your fitness. And the return from that should be a little bit of a breakdown. you recover, but you'll get fitter. But if you push that process too fast out of enthusiasm or motivation or just being ultra motivated, your body can break. So you need to work out in your plan where and when this injury happened was it an accident? Was it from the load of your training? Were you not eating right? Were you not sleeping right? Was it to do with, you know, and just tailor really? your training accordingly? So then when you're diagnosed with the injury, like even if you've broken your leg, you're going to be back running in six weeks. A broken bone is going to heal in six weeks. Three. It's going to be healed. And I know when I had my hernias, <laughs> I came back and I, I had a pshan and it brings it. It brings it back to the mentality that I had when I started dancing with the stars. I was like somebody who had a stroke the first week. I was so bad. And then after the week 10, I thought I was going to win the show. But if, and I, I, I always remember Emily saying to me, she goes, Rob, are you OK? And we week 10, because I was so nervous the first day. I goes, Emily, I never danced in my life. And I went in against Conor McGregor's sister here and a nice dancer on Irish television and I think I'm going to win. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and I don't care if I don't win because I, I genuinely think I'm going to win. I goes, isn't that mad? I'm going to think I can win a dancing competition. Like even <laughs> listen to how ridiculous it sounds. But, but with an injury, if you come back and you know what the injury is, and if you manage it and you do what you can do, and if you're moving forward and you're progressing, you have to be happy with that. And I even remember with my hernias, after my first operation, I can remember, time in a kilometer and I think it was like 27 minutes with the stitches in day one and that kept coming down and once I knew I was getting better it, it had a massive effect on my mindset you know
0: mm, yeah it's the impatience that that yeah is the difficulty right I've know yeah. we've a couple of listeners like myself who are conscious of well when is this gonna be over like a I went out for my first 5K in four to five weeks here uh, today. And, you know, the pain was still there. And yeah. I just thought, how how is this possible? Like you say, of leg heals in that time. And I, I guess I wondered if you could relate to that, that feeling that a lot of people have when they're injured, where they come back and they're told you're allowed to go out and run do 5k and they come back and they go this is bollocks this is this yeah. is like six six minutes per kilometer are you are you kidding me uh i mean i'd never run six minutes per kilometer before but it's like my body's going you're not this isn't for you pal
1: but there's other stuff you can do then jared like like you look back and if you got injured you can put the extra time into making yourself stronger like you could do more stuff into your rehab because I know when Robert was coaching me and when I got injured he said your body wasn't strong enough to take the training so then I had to kind of think okay I need to get stronger in the gym Mm -hmm. Simple, like if you put it in the real simple terms like you could put the time into the gym you could go on the bike you might have to be a bit more conscious that you won't want to put on weight um, because it's going to be harder to come back running then, you know?
0: Mm, mm. Um, well, we've got so much more to ask you about, Rob. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this episode. I'm loving it so far. If you're loving it the way I am, you need to head over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad, get on board and get yourself hundreds more episodes of this show, as well as a deep dive conversation with Rob Heffernan from way, way back. And I know, Rob, you know that you were in a dark place at that time oh. when we recorded that. In the second half of this chat, we're going to talk a little bit about that and what talking can do to help you if you're struggling with your mind. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past
1: that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise.